0: Welcome to CBS LA Uncut, where there's so much more to the story.
1: Hello, I'm CBS Los Angeles news anchor, Pat Harvey. And each week, we're taking a look at a story you've seen on the news to take a deeper dive. More interviews, more insight, more information.
2: I was gonna tell the truth, nothing but the truth.
1: We're excited that you're joining us for this episode, The Rise and Disappearance and Re-Emergence of television gossip legend, Ms. Rona Barrett. Everyone's so frightened of her, she's such a little pretty thing, I don't think she bites at all. Things happen to your body. Things happen to your mind. In this episode, you'll find out what it took for a handicapped, overweight grocer's daughter from Queens, New York, to rise to the level of Tinseltown royalty. She'll also tell you why she took off, where she went, and she'll talk about the disease that consumes her every waking moment.
0: Get out of my house, get out of my house.
1: We begin with a clip from a story we broadcast in August 2017, where Rona spoke with celebrities like Cher and Raquel Welch. Here's CBS2 reporter Elsa Ramon.
0: Welcome to the Tuesday afternoon jam session at the Golden Inn and Village in the Santa Inez Valley. It has grown up all over it. If this vocalist looks familiar, perhaps you were around in the
2: 1970s. When you married, Sonny, what did you think marriage was going to be all about? What happens to someone who suddenly sees a pile of money? Do you change? I mean, what's it like?
0: Long before Barbara Walters, Entertainment Tonight or TMZ, Rona Barrett was Hollywood's go-to gossip guru, asking questions no one else dared.
2: Are you trying to indicate that I have slept my way to the top? (laughs) I miss some of the people that I once knew.
1: Rona is in her 80s now. Her break with Hollywood happened in 1991. But before her break, she created a legendary career as an entertainment reporter. I guess I became one of the
2: best, or the most popular, or people got to know me more than they got to know anybody else. Richard, they ask this usually of women when they reach a certain age, but they very rarely ask this of men. You've not married yet. You've never been able to make the commitment.
1: Why is that? Roner's interview style, no holds barred. CBS2 producer Jerry Constant asked her about that. You asked some tough questions.
2: I only asked questions that I thought the public really wanted to know, and also I asked questions that I wanted to know. I figured that I was just like everyone else out there in America, and I would ask questions that would uh, cause the actor or actress to think more about the question. It wasn't, you know, tell me how you got brown eyes, but it was more like I would see a performance, uh, something, let's say, Jack Nicholson had done, and, I, and it was an, a performance that would be Oscar-nominated. And I realized that he was so good in what he was doing, not because he is really just a good actor, but there was something in that role, something in that part that he felt he was so attached to, he knew exactly what his emotions should be. And that's, that made the story, because then he would reveal something about his personal self. And that gave me the stories that I was looking for. They were stories that everybody wanted to know from the time Carol Burnett, I had heard that you know her father had been an alcoholic, And when we sat down and talked one day, um, she was revealing the whole story of what her life was like living with an alcoholic father whom she adored.
1: The path to Rona stardom was littered with obstacles.
2: It was never easy to, um, to try to break into television when
1: I started to break into television. More now from our August 2017 profile. Born in
0: Queens, New York, she was a chubby kid who couldn't run or jump because of a rare form of muscular dystrophy. The teasing
2: was brutal. One day I said, I'm going to become so famous they'll never dare call me a name again.
0: Though her physical disabilities never went away, even as a teen, her talent as a writer stood out. To make herself camera ready, she got plastic surgery, changed her hair and lost weight.
2: Everybody loves something beautiful,
0: everybody loves someone handsome. Rona's gift? An uncanny understanding of what the public wanted to see and wanted to know. As in this 1980 interview with 34-year-old Donald Trump.
2: If you lost your fortune today, what would you do
1: tomorrow?
0: Maybe I'd run for president.
1: in the earliest days of her career.
2: I knew that we were having a teenage revolution in this country. It started in the 50s, and there were more young people being born into this country than had ever been born before, and they had their own ideas. Every generation, more or less, as I realize today, has their particular actors, people, music, So concentrating on the young people that were coming into Hollywood, it became very easy. I was just a few years difference in age
1: with them. And Rona had a quality that would be crucial to her success.
2: I was just curious. I was a curious person. My whole life I've been curious about things. And I I just knew at one point that I had to make something of myself. And that something of myself eventually turned out to be hopefully a very good reporter about an industry that i absolutely loved and i thought it was an important industry because we set this the tone in so many societal ways about what this culture was all about
1: from her very first job doing telephone interviews while working as a writer i think that my my greatest
2: attribute was that I could read people and I listened. The real key to getting a good interview is to listen. Listen to what somebody else is telling you. And if you're listening, they're going to say something that is going to make you, or should make you, ask the question to get the answers that everyone else really wants.
0: How important was adversity to your success?
2: That's a very good question. I had a lot of adversity in my in my early life, and I don't think it's ever really ended. It's just that you learn to live with adversity.
1: Remember, Rona was dealing with a rare case of muscular dystrophy.
2: And I couldn't walk up a step. I still can't walk up a step. I can't, if I get on the floor, get up by myself. Uh, it was a very difficult time, and children in, those days could be just as cruel as they are today.
1: Her parents took her from one doctor to another to try to understand her disability.
2: My mother wondering why did this happen? How could this have happened to her? What did she do that was wrong? It wasn't my mother's fault at all. It was just genetics. And I believe I was meant to go through whatever it is that I have gone through. And it has only made me a stronger person And I very rarely can take no for an answer. And you sure didn't.
0: (laughs) You heard no a few times uh, in the beginning.
2: Yes. My father said to me, um, Why do you think you can become someone important? Who do you think you are? He said, You're nothing more than a grocer's daughter. I always remembered it.
1: And... After several years with no luck getting an on-camera gig, she started to believe it. So from her small apartment in Hollywood, she called her dad in New York. And I told him I was, after seven and a half years of trying to break into television,
2: I wasn't gonna make it. I just wasn't gonna make it. And he said, I said, I'm quitting and I'm coming home. And he said, you're doing what? He said, I said, I'm coming home. He said, you can't. I says, what do you mean you can't? He says, you must promise me, you must give it just 24 more hours. I said, what do you think's going to happen? It's a Sunday
1: afternoon at 4 p.m. Before packing her bags, Rona drafted one last telegram to Leonard Goldenson, who was then the president and CEO of ABC Television. And I said, dear Mr. Goldenson, after seven and a half years of
2: futzing around with me, either put me on television, yay or nay, say it. Rona Barrett, signed my name.
1: The next day, Rona got a call from the general manager of Channel 7. She'd finally been given her first shot as a television entertainment reporter. By 1973, she'd become famous and a sought-after guest on late-night TV. Miss Rona, the tattletale queen of the home screen with juicy... She wasn't about to tread lightly.
2: I was going to tell the truth, nothing but the truth.
0: And did that ever get you
2: in trouble? I would say a few times it put me in a little bit of hot water. In the very beginning, I had people who were threatening with their lawyers to call and say, get her off the air, get her off the air. Her boss's reaction, if you think she's lying, file a lawsuit. Sorry, if you have something to um, sue about, sue. And if, if she said the truth, then you can't do that, and it will come out anyway.
0: Did you ever have nights where you're like, you couldn't sleep because you are worried about something you put on the air? Well,
2: that's a
1: good question, too. Yes, I
2: did worry about it.
1: In a 1973 appearance on The Jack Parr Show, Rona dropped this bomb.
2: Hot story for you, Jack. Okay. okay. Bobby Riggs on Sunset Boulevard the other night Picked up a little chicky, took her home. They plucked some feathers. He awakened in the morning. He was $1,700 poorer. And that's what happens when you are a woman beater. Well, I didn't expect to get into that, did I? (laughs) Yes, I used to worry about those kinds of stories that I would break and, uh, and the accuracy of them and what they turned out to be, which was the truth.
0: TV is not
2: an easy business for women. Ah, what is? What is easy for women? It is very difficult. There are very few women in our country who have really broken the glass ceiling. And, um, And television has certainly been very difficult.
1: But Rona succeeded anyway. Her celebrity interviews were some of the highest rated specials in network television history.
2: Did you think only because you were
1: poor or were there other elements shared? I was really ugly, too. After 30-plus years in front of the camera, Rona had had enough. So I said to my then-husband, who now has passed
2: on, I said, we've got to get out of Dodge. And I said, we have to go to some place where I will not see any of these people ever again. I've had it. But before that happened...
0: You became a celebrity yourself.
2: That was the worst part of it. Because it was difficult then to be an observer of a scene. Because people were then looking at you, and I didn't particularly like that that much. Yes, I said I wanted to be famous, but with the fame and comes a lot of things you don't want. And, um, and I think I reached that point where I just didn't want it anymore. When you're at the end
0: there, or it, when you're about to reach your limit, is there any part of that that sort of crushes your self-esteem?
2: Well, I think you go home some nights and you do give a, have a good cry, and you think it's really, something's wrong. Um, but in the end, putting yourself in a position where you no longer think that you're worthy of, of being where you are, um, It's not about a lack of self-esteem, it's about
1: changing your worth. Which meant shifting her focus away from fame and her appearance.
2: Those values didn't mean so much to me when my mother died and my father came
1: to live with me. As Rona got to know the problems her dad was dealing with, she could see he wasn't alone. What's more, by 2008, many of the baby boomers she'd grown up with were also struggling, more than anyone ever expected.
2: We had a recession suddenly in this country and there were suddenly hundreds of thousands of people all over this country who had lost their homes, had lost all their money, and they didn't know where they were going to sleep next. And it's hard to believe that some of these people were millionaires, but they lost everything. It was like there was such a great shift that happened, it was like a wipeout.
1: And I said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Rona had settled in the Santa Ynez Valley near Santa Barbara. Now, more from our August 2017 profile.
0: a trend that started to consume her after leaving Hollywood? Aging.
2: We have so many seniors in this country. There are more seniors today than have ever lived before. And
0: all around her, Rona saw...
2: They were being ignored. They were being treated unfairly. They weren't being treated at all.
0: So Rona raised millions to build something beautiful. Her vision? The Golden Inn and Village is now home to scores of low-income seniors. For Doreen Robinson, it's
2: a place to stay. Where were you living before, Doreen? In my truck. The Golden Inn in Village became my dream. It was my dream of what would happen to my father if he didn't have me to take care of him.
1: Beyond the financial burden of aging, Rona could see her dad was also facing memory loss. One day,
2: I came home and I uh, said, "Daddy, how are you?" He looked at me and said, "Who are you?" I said, "Daddy, it's Rona." He says, I don't know any Rona. Get out of my house. Get out of my house. He started screaming. And I tried to put my arms around him to stop him from flailing. That was the moment that I realized that I had to do something. Hello. Hi, Miss How are you doing, honey? Good. How are you? Okay. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good.
2: Good. Glad to see you.
1: The Golden Inn and Village opened its doors in October 2016.
2: Perfect timing. Okay.
1: (laughs) Offering five-star living to low-income seniors. It took me 12 years to make that become a reality.
2: So talk about stick-to-itiveness and talk about perseverance. I think it's been in my genes and in my blood no matter whether I was... Handicapped, not handicapped or whatever, it was there. But I do still believe that the problems that I had as a child really inspired me to want to just do something with my life, pay back to people. And I had a father, strange enough, who would write little checks every single Sunday to the American Red Cross or Sister Kenny or something like that. And he always looked at me and I said, what are you doing, Dad? I was only four or five. And he would say, Rona, dear, if you ever have a nickel you don't need, give it to somebody else who needs it. Make a difference in this world.
1: Rona is now working to add a new unit to the Golden Inn and Village.
2: We have a terrible disease that's been running around for many, many years. A disease
1: she says needs far more awareness.
2: Except we were very embarrassed of ever saying that somebody was cuckoo. You know, that's what they called people who had Alzheimer's, they were cuckoo, and that's not the
1: case. It is a disease. So Rona's working nonstop, raising money to build an Alzheimer's unit.
2: And I'm calling it Harry's house. My dad's name was Harry.
0: Ready, go. <laughs>
1: Rona drops in at the Golden Inn and Village just about every day. I cannot tell you what it's
2: been like to meet all the people who have become residents of the Golden Inn and Village. Women in particular who have lived in the back of their cars, who've been living in in, uh, truck beds, uh, who've been sleeping on other people's couches, people who haven't had a roof over their heads since the 2008 recession.
1: Rona has also been writing a series of newspaper columns which she turned into a book called Gray Matters.
2: About what it's like to grow older. What is it like? What's it like? I can't begin to tell you. For me, it's been wonderful, much better. But every day, something happens. And every day as you get older, you'll have friends who'll call you and say, oh my god, I don't know what happened. My knee is hurting me like there's no tomorrow, and I don't know how this happened. I was perfect last night before I went to bed, and so forth and so on. And, um, and I write about it. I write it so people will understand that then it's not just happening to them. It's happening to everyone who starts heading into a certain age group. I go back and I tell people, when you were 12 years old, Did you have any idea what your teens would be like? And Most people say, no. I said, what about your 20s, when you were 19, about to go into your 20s? No. What about your 30s, or your 40s, or your 50s? I said, come your 60s, a lot of things start changing for almost everyone. There are some people who escape it, and sometimes it doesn't happen until they hit 70. Things happen to your body. Things happen to your mind. Things happen to other people that you know. And it's an adventure. That's the best thing that I can call it. It's another adventure.
1: The most difficult part of growing older, losing so many friends and relatives.
2: It's made me realize my day could be any time now. It's still an adventure and I still believe I'm going to go to a better place. How do you feel? Well, good. Not bad. Not bad? You? Oh, pretty good.
0: Looking back on where she's been and what she's done.
2: Whatever I did in Hollywood, I'm thrilled that I did it, but if this is going to be my final act, I couldn't think of a better act than than this act. What
1: for joining us today. We'll be back next week with a new episode of CBSLA Uncut. The stories behind the stories you see on CBS2 and KCAL 9 News. And don't forget to subscribe. And hey, tell your friends.